You're listening to a pod of Mass and Methods. Here we are at Akamath. That is the true internet uh, acronym for this book, as opposed <laughs> to Akatar, uh, which I love. Uh. All her books have very long titles, so we've got to shorten, um, shorten them down, or at least in this series. The others I are mean, more attainable. I mean, at least you have the of and the and in there over and over again. There's some vowels in there, so you can actually pronounce it. Yeah, that's, that's very, very thing. true. So that's helpful. It is. Instead of like just saying L O T R, right? For Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. What do you have to do? We have to pronounce it. Lotter. Um I this is my favorite book. I will never in my life, in my life, say anything bad about it. It is a perfect, perfect book. Well, I remember you telling me before we started the podcast, way before, that you were like I wait to the beginning of each year so I can reread this series, especially especially this one, because you always say this is your favorite one. Um and then you were like done by January. And it's like, that's crazy. <laughs> I've almost stopped with that rule because now I just listen to it to help me fall asleep at night. Well. It's like just specifically this one. So it's like I listen to it all the time. I would sell my soul to the devil to reread it for the first time. And I am jealous of you. That's wild. I'm that's feeling, wild. I'm feeling <laughs> insanely, insanely jealous. Because Ooh. unlike the last book where um, it took well over half of the book for mm-hmm. like action to start happening and then you get under the mountain and you're like this is great yeah this book right off the bat starts and then i would call this book a journey of side quests there is oh, so much adventure in different places and things mm. happening i love it interesting interesting well you you got some of my drunken reaction on new year's eve i didn't listen i tried not to listen to what you thought about these chapters okay i think maybe i talked more to the other sister-in-laws then but uh so (laughs) exciting i'm ready so i am Allie. oh well this is a pot of mass and methods i am Allie. i'm a fantasy lover and a huge massiverse reader and i am marjorie and this is my first time into the massiverse and we're going to do this together, and I'm going to force her to love mm-hmm. the, this series. You can hear, as I'm editing the first season, I can hear when you start to like <laughs> it. <laughs> well, I do. Like, I, could, I could, like, pinpoint the moment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's funny. Um, so welcome to our Podmast. Pod Let's do it. a five-sentence summary. All right. You go first. I started the last book. So... Feyre is having a lot of secret trauma about what happened while she was under the mountain while she's back in Springport. And instead of talking to Tamlin about it, she got engaged and Ianthe is helping her plan a wedding. Mm. And Feyre wants to go out and help the local town, but they're all, both Tamlin is way overprotective and the townspeople overthink that she's like done enough she's a hero and they don't want her to do anything and while lucian is doing his best to stick up for Feyre in small ways 
he is not being as much of a Feyre champion as he could be. Mm. And then the wedding day comes, and who should arrive but both PTSD and Sad. The best character of the series so far? Yeah. <laughs> Some might say. Right. Great five-sentence summary. We've, we've gotten good. Oh, that was good. It was solid. That was, that Super was, solid. Okay. I, yeah. We have a thing that we don't have in the previous series. We have a prologue, and then we have a part one, The House of Beasts. We didn't do that in the last mm-hmm. time. Why does an author break something up into part one, part two, part three? Is it like acts of a play? Um, I don't know if it's always straightforward as acts. Um, because then every author would do it. I think sometimes it kind of delineates when there's like a major change. Sometimes that's like, if it's like very, like one part, it's like very close together in time. And then there's a big time skip. Sometimes having an act, a part one, part two helps make it seem more cohesive when there's a big tonal shift, where there's a big plot shift, um, a character focus shift, all those things can happen without that, but I think it can help when there's maybe a distinctive parts of the story and it doesn't maybe latch together as well unless you like really make them distinct. Yeah. And I, I mean, I like this because as I said, this is a side quest book. So mm-hmm. this is a perfect time to have part one, part two, part oh, three. Okay. So it is three parts. Uh, this one is three parts. Yes. All right. Okay. So chapter one. I named this chapter The Nightmare Before a Court of Mist and Fury. Oh. I named it PTSD Recap Repression. Mm, She's telling you how she was feeling over the last couple Mm -hmm. of months then. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So here's my summary for chapter Mm -hmm. one. We have a three-month time jump for the first time. We are with Feyre. She's having a nightmare. She's up in the middle of the night, and she's dealing with emotions from the lives that she took specifically, the innocent fairies (laughs) that she killed and all the things that happened under the mountain. Fairly short chapter, so that's my total summary. All right. Well, first of all, not talking about your feelings. What a great play. What a great (laughs) way to build a relationship and heal right not talking about your problems these two i mean she's saying that i'm up in the middle of the night all the time um from my dreams i'm throwing up from this trauma tamlin either doesn't wake up or pretends he's still asleep to like not embarrass her and he is also having problems and not getting up and like curling up in his beast form at the foot of her bed that is really crazy it's not good it's not a good it's not a good starting point it's very unhealthy it's very yeah and i mean they Mm. won't even talk about um oh i so she's sitting on the bathroom floor saying to herself like kind of grounding herself this is real this is real Mm -hmm. i'm here and that i think is like sitting on a bathroom floor after throwing up is such a vulnerable feeling mm. so it was very easy to jump to that moment where it's like the lights are a little too bright because there's tile and it's cold but mm. your body is warm and sweaty like i could totally get myself into that moment right away yeah three. and um three you know the 3 month time jump they say that she has not heard from reese at all that's one of the first things we find out out. that hasn't happened yet why what has he been doing for three months catching up with his buds at the night court 
It is too early to speculate. Okay. Too early to speculate on what he's been doing for three right. months. Yeah. But she says that Tamlin and Lucian won't even talk about it. Like they're going to jinx it. Yeah, I mean, I I guess we have to understand, like, all of these characters have gone through trauma. It's not like one person has gone through it and the other people are like, let's just forget about it. It's like they're all just not dealing with it in a healthy manner. But I wonder if immortals are, like, used to being like, let's just move on, repress and move on. And time we have a love, you know, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I was trying to think about it. Like, obviously, Feyre was stuck in a dungeon, had to do these three tasks, had to dance almost fully nude every night in front of people. Um, Lucian got, uh, tried to protect her, got beaten by his best friend, and then wasn't allowed to heal and had to be in a room with the man who killed his lover, a.k.a. his father and brothers. And then Tamlin had to sit there and take abuse from Amarantha while he, like, she effectively killed his girlfriend. And never, never mind the whole, however many years it was, 50 years? 50 years. 50 years he had been living under the blight and everything. So it's like, and watching his friends slowly be killed. Yeah, all so, of them are in a really bad place. Yeah, they're all in a really bad place. But they could, but they're just not, they're just, they're just keeping it to themselves. Okay. Yeah, I think maybe uh, Ianthe should have done some counseling and not all wedding planning. But she's not here yet, so we won't okay, talk okay, about her yeah. yet. I was interested. Um, one other thing that, one thing that stood out to me is a big um, amount where Favor talks about how she's just not adjusting to her new fae abilities. And I thought that was very interesting. I think that's like the opposite to something like Twilight, where, um, you know, Bella's like, yay, I'm a vampire. And she's now. so good at and it. And she's so good. Um, it reminds me a little bit of, like, superhero stories or who gain superpowers, like Spider-Man or whatever. And there's always that little, like, awkward, like, montage where they figure it out. But usually it's, like, their instant reaction is, like, this is so cool because it's a power fantasy. Here it's, like, you know, there's almost, like, more of a tinge of that body horror. She's changed how she sees things. She's dizzy. She just accidentally breaks things when she opens doors too hard and it's it's like she doesn't know who she is anymore both mentally from the trauma and physically from this whole change in her state right and because she's sitting on a bathroom floor analyzing her dream we get this window Mm -hmm. into her psyche where she's feeling so much but she's saying she wishes she felt nothing Mm-hmm. And she repeats even Reese's quote to her from the end of the last book in her head to be glad of her human heart, but mm-hmm. she's not mm-hmm. happy mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. One more thing that also stood out to me in this chapter that I thought was interesting to talk about is recapping. I put it in my chapter title. Um, and I think it's an interesting thing that happens in series mm-hmm. where, you know, the first chapter or so will kind of tuck in explanation of the previous book harry the wizard boy who lives with yes. a non-wizard family yeah yeah exactly exactly and when i was a young reader i got annoyed with it um but usually i was like reading the same thing over and over again and right back to back and had a young mind that could remember things the older i get and the more books i read i'm more grateful for it because i'm like oh i read this book two years ago and the new one came out 
the F happened. I oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my old brain is like, thank you for the recapping. I don't need it this time. But I read so many books. Sometimes I can't even remember the names of characters in certain yeah. books. It's like I know the plot, but I don't know who's who anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I also think that is helpful. But this chapter is relatively short. The others are definitely longer. Yes. Uh, you ready for quotes? Yeah, let's do quotes. I have a quote from Farah's mind referring to herself. Well, this is really all in her head. It doesn't mean it's not real. I wished my human heart had been changed with the rest of me, made into immortal marble instead of the shredded pit of blackness that is now leaking its ichor into me. Mm. Visceral. Yeah, it's very visceral. It's describing how like almost empty she feels, but poisoned. She feels poisoned. Mm -hmm. Like her Mm -hmm. darkness is poisoning her body. And that's very honest of her. Yeah, the quote I had was, for him, I had done this. For him, I gladly wrecked myself and my mortal soul. And now I had eternity to live with it. Which I think kind of sums up her mindset going into this. That she did it all for Tamlin and she would do it again. Mm -hmm. Like she would destroy herself for him again. And she sort of just resigned with feeling this way. Mm -hmm. You know, like, okay, well, this is forever. Right, I'm going to feel bad like this. I'm never going to get over this, for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Chapter two. Chapter two. My chapter title was... Well, it's not that exciting now that I look at it. Trouble in Paradise. <laughs> I put Farah's Grounded. Oh. Which I think both of those things are true. Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. has to stick around at home, and it's not very pretty between her and Tam Tam Man. All right. I have my summary. Do it up. So we have Faye and Tam arguing in the stables over her going to a nearby Faye village to help out. Um, We find out they are engaged at this point. There's wedding planning. Um, Tam and Lucian are hunting down remaining um, monsters from Amarantha who had gotten through the barriers while things were still, you know, rough and transitioning. Um, she's not painting. Um, and then we also meet Ianthe, who is a high priestess. And there's a lot to talk about with her when we get on. <laughs> and then I capped it up in my notes saying sex happens and then sexism. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's the end of the, the chapter. chapter. Sex happens and then sexism. sexism. Perfect. All right. This chapter opening with a fight is interesting. Mm-hmm. They are favors mad and Tamlin's not going to budge. And Lucian is like the older sibling that doesn't want to step in and get himself in trouble. Right. Right. Well, he has a place in a hierarchy. I mean, we discuss he discusses that more in a, in a later chapter. In the next chapter. chapter yeah, yeah, for sure. I just we find out so much information about the last three months that we didn't find out in the first chapter, like that they got engaged a month after coming out from under the mountain, which like that's kind of quick, guys. Yeah, they um, celebrated the winter solstice. They're planning a wedding. The winter solstice is Favor's birthday, but she's not telling anybody because everybody is treating her like you know a porcelain doll they're mm-hmm. groveling at her feet like Feyre curse breaker mm-hmm. she gets called that the remainder of the series and I think that's uncomfortable yeah it would be I would hate that yeah 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 um I just couldn't help I was I was this and and it runs into next chapter 
Farah is a woman of action. For all of her other faults, she is a woman of action. And the idea of it's like, you just stay home. It's not safe. No one wants you to do anything. You've done enough. Dress in pretty dresses. Show up at functions and stand there. It's like, oh, she's not. She's not gonna be. She's not gonna be happy with this long run. This is not going to fulfill who she is. And being the center of attention and leading a court is also not who she is. Right. Not as a figurehead. And this is a through line to the first book when they're like, just come here and hang out. And she goes, but what do I do all day? Yeah. So it's a very, it's a common character trait for her to be like, I'm not just going to sit in this manor house in fancy dresses, especially because as you said, she can't paint as a trauma response. Mm -hmm. There are rooms she can't walk into. There are colors that she cannot see. And she talks about that over and over Mm -hmm. again. So she's using this new woman, we finally get a new character. Yes. <laughs> as a crutch. She's using Ianthe as a crutch. Right, right. So tell me kind of like your perception of the priestesses, and, and then I'll give you a, uh, what she looks like. I have her character uh, description from the Akatar wiki, and then I also have the etymology of her name. All right. Well, we find out Ianthe. Um, basically her, her dad and her had been hiding out on another island during Amarantha's reign. So they weren't really dealing with it. So there are other people like the other priestesses where she's not as popular with and other people who are like, come on, you weren't suffering. You weren't fighting. You weren't doing anything. Um, but she is helping Thera with social graces, remembering people's names, planning the wedding, doing all these things that, you know, Thera's out of her depth doing. Um, she's also sort of ingratiated her into spring court. Like she's going to be the priestess doing the ceremonies. That's kind of like the factual edge. My opinion. I think she's a major social climber. She is getting herself in good in spring court with Tamlin, with Feyre in order to rise her kind of power and social position. I don't know what ends to what ends yet. She doesn't seem overtly malicious yet. She doesn't seem like she's sabotaging Feyre or, like, gunning for Tamlin's attention at this point in time. It does seem like she's just trying to, like, get in to this spot. Um, she's also tried to make plays, romantic plays at Lucian, who is not impressed with her. <laughs> um, but, you know, which makes me think, yeah, there's a more some social climber energy. So he's like, okay, who's the best one I can grab? This guy. And Lucian's like, read the room. I'm not into you. I'm not into this. Um, yeah. So that's my thoughts. The priestesses are a very nice factor in the Akatar universe because you have priestesses a lot like Ianthe, and then we'll meet other priestesses later that are very, very different. Okay. But in general, she's one of the high priestesses, and there are 12. They are not celibate. But the text explains it as the priestesses reign from their altars. So they are working in conjunction with high lords. So a lot of high lords have priestesses working in their courts that are very powerful people. Yeah, they're like the religious figurehead versus like the political figurehead. Like the high lord is, you know. It's the Roman Catholic Church that would crown the King of England. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. The Holy Roman Empire or whatever. 
I so Ianthe's character description is she, obviously she's very beautiful based on the text. Uh-huh. Ianthe has long, gently curling golden hair with a slim waist, usually hidden under her pale blue robe. She is described as very beautiful. Her voice is sweet and feminine. As a high fae, she has elegant features and a supple body. The name Ianthe is from Greek. It means Ion means violent. And Anthos is flower, so violet flowers. In Greek mythology, Ianthe was a girl so beautiful that when she died, the gods made purple flowers grow from her grave. Mm. So Ianthe is another one of those mythological names that we're getting from somewhere else. All right. I picture her in these parties with Feyre being the Anne Hathaway to Meryl Streep, like whispering names in her ear, like behind her from Devil Wears Prada. And Feyre isn't jealous of Ianthe because I don't think she thinks Tamlin's interested in her at all. Mm -hmm. But she does have the thought, I think Ianthe would make a better pair for him than I would. Like, they look better together. And that's so sad to me because she just said she's fine giving up her pretty much her soul to Mm -hmm. save Tamlin. And now she's like, but I don't think he's really that into me. He would look better with her. I I mean, I don't think it was in that context like Mm. he's not into me i think it's more of her doubt of like the role she's filling where it's like she would make a good high lady which we find out is not a position (sighs) okay wow says (laughs) says tamlin says tamlin um but you know because it's like look she look how she knows everything she knows what she's supposed to do she knows all the people she knows how to handle these social situations so i think it's more looking at it and uh not like tamlin would probably be more into her it's more like this is the proper person for this role that i'm not good at yeah she can't be a flotus and ianthe would be a great flotus Mm -hmm. for those of you in the u.s um tamlin does come home after Feyre's asleep Mm -hmm. like late at night and this is where the sexy time happens but before that we find out their sleeping arrangements oh that they're they're keeping separate bedrooms and that Tamlin spends the night in Feyre's bedroom, but she has never spent the night, never been invited mm-hmm. to spend the night in his bedroom. And that strikes me as he wants his own private space. Mm-hmm. There are couples who swear by it. So I don't want to be like very judgy. Right. Especially in monarchies. I think like if you watch The Crown, you know, like Queen Elizabeth, like they never slept in the same room. They had like separate quarters. And I think yeah. the White House has separate quarters as well um but i just find it the power balance is now off because he's not letting her do things she's not allowed in his room yeah there's there it doesn't there's some it's off something is off something is off yeah but they are good at what they're good at, which is physical affection. Yes. <laughs> that is how they communicate, which some couples physical touch is their love language. So maybe both of them receive love in this way. Or maybe Feyre gives love in this way. And that's how Tamlin receives love mm. in terms of their love languages. Well, uh, I think it's just the only love language they could appropriately communicate with. Well, appropriately that they can communicate at all with right now because they were repressing everything else. Right. So they are using that as a patch over for all the other things. Yeah. There's the discussion of like, as soon as you're my wife, everything will be fine. And it's like, that's a really 
bad bold statement <laughs> but very okay. bold statement and Don't also fix your relationship with marriage <laughs> that's a bad or with bad kids way. or with i don't know a puppy These right are all bad ideas and also she they we didn't say the engagement ring she got a gold engagement ring with an emerald on it it was a square cut one which does not match the ring on the cover and i don't know if that is the creativity of the cover artist or that's a different ring Thank you for pointing that out, Marjorie. That's all I will say. <laughs> I was paying attention because when our, in our recap episode, you said, or an engagement ring. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then there was an engagement ring. And I was like, not that one. Well, I knew it's it said, I knew it said um, planning their marriage on the back of the book. So oh, okay. I had to, I had to push that one through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, so a gold ring with a green stone. And I want to track whether or not through the series, this is the type of jewelry Feyre would pick out for herself. Mm. Because we are going to see her wear jewels of different kinds and um it's i mean it sounds like a very spring court jewelry it's his blonde hair with his green eyes yeah he just gave her himself that's so silly maybe it was his mom's ring i don't know i don't know know. he just gave her you know a necklace with a heart on it (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly a necklace that said spring court on the front you know mm. like his zodiac sign he just gave her a necklace with his his first initial <laughs> exactly just a big t <laughs> like that's... for troy because that happens in high school musical too <laughs> no i was gonna i was going with the one that alexis wears from schitt's creek with just a big a but it's well a no i Talon. know but that's yeah. a, it troy it, does in that in high school musical too he gives gabriella a necklace that's just a t for troy <laughs> if you buy that for yourself it's one thing if you buy it for someone else like if i bought a necklace that had a j on it for my partner's name i wouldn't feel stupid wearing it mm-hmm. i actually have an, a necklace with an aries astrological sign that i wear sometimes mm-hmm. but if he bought it for me i would be like stop i know <laughs> you are not claiming me that's disgusting I don't know. And then, Bella's yes. know what type of jewelry your your significant other likes and not just the type of jewelry you like. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the dating tip here right now, relationship advice. Yeah. And then post-coitus, pre-coitus, mm-hmm. they... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mid-coitus? Yeah, mid-coitus, break-coitus. They stop and she's asking questions and she's like, what title will I have? She's trying to figure out where she fits. I don't think she's being position grabby. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you want a title? And then they go through this whole discussion. And he's like, there's no such thing as a high lady. Which you're telling me in the history of Prithian, the strongest, the magically strongest child a high lord has ever had has never been the girl. Because yeah. it's the strongest, not the oldest. Mm. I think Tamlin's dad was an asshole. That's what I'm that's what I think. I think he has a lot of learned <sighs> habits and behaviors and his dad and brothers died so young that he is just trying to do what they did. We'll see. We will we'll see. see. I need to learn more about the world. I'm just hearing about some Tamlin. Right. Sure. Forty time? It is. I have two this time. Okay. My first one comes from Ianthi after Feyre describes the Fey as your kind instead mm-hmm. of our kind. We are old and cunning and enjoy using words like blades and claws. Every word from your mouth and turn of phrase will be judged and possibly used against you. Reminding her that you need to speak accurately and mm-hmm. include yourself. Mm-hmm. And my second is when Tamlin comes in to get ready for bed. She says, 
listening to the steady, efficient sounds of him preparing for bed, mm. which is very relatable to somebody with a partner who is very efficient and logical. <laughs> like, I can hear what he's doing, right. and I can picture it in my brain with my eyes closed. What'd you pick? All right. Mine is a little quip from Lucian, our bud. This <laughs> is after he, we or we find out that he had given Farah a... um. He given her a dagger. No, she he given her the dagger before um, Amarantha, but he gave her like a a belt with a hilt to hold it. it to hold it, which is the right type of jewelry for a Feyre. <laughs> Lucian knows his bro. Anyway, you might as well look good if you're going to arm yourself to the teeth. He'd said. That's really cute. I think again, like last like last book, the Lucian Feyre relationship is very cute. It's very important. And it lasts in persistent and weird ways throughout the series. So I'm happy okay. that it exists. Right. All right. Chapter three. Chapter three. My title is Job Requirements. Mine is Pharaoh and Lucian Ride Again. <laughs> yes. This was early in the last book as well. Yeah. Where they go out riding together. Except meander on a meander, one might say. <laughs> and in the last book, she's trying to convince him to convince Tamlin to let her go home. Now it's This more. is similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's the summary. Lucian gets real with Feyre about her responsibilities. They go on a trip to help a town rebuild. Nobody wants help from Feyre. Uh, and she has to learn about the new pressures of her life and what is expected as the n- soon-to-be-minted lady of the spring court. Yeah. So Tamlin's gone when Feyre wakes up, which, again, bad move. Leave a note. Leave a note. Leave, leave a, a message. F- a flower. Who cares? Something. He's got magic. He has yeah. magic. He could do something. Yeah. But they go something. on a field trip. Leave some breakfast in bed. Something. That would be really nice. Mm-hmm. Really not. Her favorite flower with some breakfast in bed mm-hmm. because she's mm-hmm. been vomiting all night and she needs sustenance. Maybe a toothbrush for that right, vomit. Right, right. But they go and we find out that Lucian has been lying to Feyre at the request of Tamlin. He's not telling her that the Naga attacked and Tamlin's like, oh, well, Tamlin said I shouldn't tell you. Right, right. He's shielding her from a lot. And maybe that's because Tamlin knows she is up throwing up all night and he's try- he's trying to protect her, but he's doing it in the wrong way. I'm wondering how much now Tamlin just wants to forge ahead with like this ideal, this is what spring court should be. Amaranth is gone and it should be like this. And in that pursuit, he's ignoring these other things. This chair keeps sinking. (laughs) You want to switch? Or wait, just use Jake's chair right there. Pull that one over. That's so funny. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Well, yeah, if that one keeps happening, there's one right there. I also wonder. I'm back. (laughs) I also wonder how much of this is a lot of people probably in spring court dislike Tamlin for making this happened for 50 years because he could have just started banging Amarantha. How much of this is they're mad at him for sending their sons and brothers over to be killed for Mm. 50 years? And how much of this is he's relying on Feyre to be the curse breaker? He's like, if they're pissed at me, at least they love her. We can't lose Feyre. Right. I mean, I I think on a a personal level, he doesn't want to lose her. 
I think on a political level, he knows how important she is to both maybe his political security and the political security of the Supreme Court at large. And, you know, it's like people respect her. They're in all of her people in Supreme Court, people out of Supreme Court. And it's like, if we lose her, not only does it like shake the power dynamics, not only does it make people lose faith, like, you know, people want to believe in something. It's like Katniss being held up as this wonderful hero throughout the other second parts of the um, Hunger Game trilogy. It's like, it's not really that she's this perfect hero. It's that people need something to believe in. Right. And they do believe in Feyre. Yeah. And Lucian gives her a little bit of a straight talking to. He's like, look, I have to fall in line. I can't fight with Tamlin because we're training probably all these new centuries because mm-hmm. we lost a lot of the old ones. Right. And if people see me not following him, then they're not going to follow him. And that's just going to mess up the whole thing. And he says the same thing Tamlin said. Let's get through the wedding and the tithe. And then we'll be fine. So we find out that there's a tithing situation <sighs> in the spring court. I call it aggressive taxation. <laughs> yeah, because Lucian even says it gets ugly and you're going to have to sit there. That's, that's, oh, foreshadowing up the wazoo. What do you think will be Feyre's number one problem with a tithe? I think she will have problem with people being punished or maybe even killed, if, if this is what I'm reading into it, for not being able to pay. I think she is going to... I mean, after she had to kill some innocent Fae, I think she'd be just, no. Like, I think she'd, she's going to cause a scene. Be beside herself. She's going to be beside herself. But I think she might, she might, she might, uh, after a bunch of repression beside herself, I think she might get into some angry beside herself. Fight with Tamlin in public. She's going through the stages. Disagree with this, you know, Tradition, I, I think it's going to not go smoothly when she sees what it is. For Tam. So tithing, as we know, is a Hebrew word that means a tenth. And in Leviticus, it says a tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain or fruit, is the Lord's and is holy. But in Old English, tagotha mm-hmm. means, also means tenth, but this was for the manor feudalist system to die. To tithe was to relinquish Mm -hmm. one-tenth of personal income as a mandatory contribution to the manor house. So I think we usually associate tithing with religion, but this is more feudal manor system. Right. Where he's the Lord, and the Lord is the richest person there, and yet all the people have to to give up 10% of what they've produced Mm -hmm. to the Lord. Right. I... I guess he is mixed up in this a little bit. Isn't it mentioned like she was the one who says you can't push it back anymore? Yes, because they pushed it off a month. And then she's like, you don't want to get soft on these people. But I'm wondering, is she making money from the time? Her paycheck is probably. Co- I mean, her paycheck's coming from right, Dylan, you right? Know, probably. You know, I'm wondering. I'm wondering what's going on with that. I, I mean, Ianthe is definitely inserting herself, I think, in the if we're talking about a feudal system pyramid ianthe is inserting herself above mm-hmm. Feyre in this pyramid of power and information and decision making yes Feyre, because ianthe can go around and do whatever she wants in the spring court Feyre can barely leave the manor house right which is insane to me mm-hmm. 
Um, but Lucian says the best piece of advice. Talk to him, Feyre. Really talk to him. Yes. Thank you, Lucian, mm-hmm. for being the voice of reason in yeah. this chapter. Yeah. One line that stood out to me, I don't want to use him as my quote, yeah. but um, where Feyre says, I don't want to marry a high lord. I just want to marry him. And I think that highlights kind of what I was talking about in the previous chapter. It's like she doesn't want this role and this role doesn't suit her. In the pre- previous book, it's, it's true with Feyre and Lucian. The spring court was in scrambles. They were, they, there was a very imminent countdown clock to Amarantha completely taking over. So it didn't matter if Lucian spoke back and, or, or disagreed publicly, openly with Tamlin. It, it was in the 11th hour. And then Feyre, you know, um, she didn't have to be with a high lord in a traditional sense. He didn't, wasn't fulfilling that role in the traditional sense. She was with someone who was maybe more, I don't know what I want to say, but like more, didn't have to play the role as much. He wasn't in the rigors of the job. Yeah, he wasn't in the rigors of the job and the game and the ceremonies and the politics. Yeah, he did some ceremonies and yeah, he was stressed because he was was killing his buds. Yeah, (laughs) but it was like now it's like, oh, well, this is the, what's happening? This is the happily ever after. You're not dating some cool guy. You're dating the cool guy who's actually the prince. And now you have to do all those princely things. And yeah. I absolutely agree. And unfortunately, we learned some very disturbing information about the people in the villages. Mm -hmm. Feyre does go out to help. They reject her. Mm -hmm. Just as Tamlin said they would. So he is right. And we learn that it was really only the important or high-ranking people that mm-hmm. were under the mountain in the throne room. Right. The people yeah. that got to stay outside of the mountain were people who were making resources, maybe blacksmiths, farmers. Right, right, right. And then everybody else was in prison camps underground? Yeah. That's fucking insane. Mm-hmm. That I, they only talk about it for like a second. Why doesn't Feyre ask more questions about this? Some of these people were under there with no air for 50 years, no light, nothing. They would mm. forget to have food and then would murder each other for food. It's messed up. Nobody in this fairy world should go anywhere without counseling. Yeah. <laughs> we have to call in some outside help. There have to be Faye on the continent that we can bring in. Right, right, right. We need some emotional healing. <laughs> I thought that... Some talk therapy. They breezed over that so quickly. I could not believe it. Right. Because it's disgusting. Yeah. Did you have any other thoughts about this Tam and Lucian ride-along? Um, I, I think I said most. Of, I think I said my most of my 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 points. Mm-hmm. What about you? I'm done. All right, done. Well, quotes. So quotes, again, quotes, I have quotes, two quotes. 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 Everybody. I miss LMFAO. Okay. I have two. First one is because I think Feyre is being treated so crazily by everybody including tamlin including ianthe that she says good to know you're still a prick lucian (laughs) he's treating her normal that's so nice yes it's really really nice that he's treating her Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like a normal human and then the second is her describing her feelings that you alluded to this earlier the vastness of my now unending existence yawned open before me i let it swallow me whole well, my quote is, 
the vastness of my now unending existence yawned open before me. I let it swallow me whole. Because that's what Feyre's doing. It's Ugh. such a beautiful way. Mm. Like, her her life will never end. It's forever. Yeah. Everybody's going to worship her because they're all living forever, too. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever just going to treat her like a normal-ass girl again. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's it's she's really in a negative mindset. She is. It's not... It's, it's only been three months. I know it's only been three months, but it's it's very like she's just like she doesn't want to be there. She's just accepting this everlasting life where it's like almost like worse than death for her. Right. Like to keep going on. And she can't even connect with the her old life. We didn't even bring up the fact that Ianthe is like, hey, do you want to invite your sisters to this wedding? Which like that's kind of her to, to, to ask. Yeah. And think Feyre's about like, to consider like, no. you know, not some other fae who are like, Cupid's stupid. Right. <laughs> So, I mean, she has nothing. I mean, it is. She's she's getting swallowed by the life that she's in. Oh. I think that happens in this next chapter. I have thoughts about Hanthi and Alice. Okay. okay. Wonderful. Yeah, I so, was say it, but I'll hold it. Chapter four. Four. Chapter four. My chapter title is... Everything wrong with the wedding industry. Hmm, I said my big fat fay wedding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our summary. Okay. So we have some wedding pre-parties. Feyre hates it. Leans on Anthe for some social help. The guards are like asking some questions that are meant to be like, you're so cool. You're so cool, but it's like, wow, you're just really triggering me right now. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. And like Anthe is like, oh, but. What about the boys? Like, you know, they're redirecting their attention um, on purpose. So, um, yeah, questions about the worm and about Reese. Um, there are more nightweave mirrors. Then it's wedding time. And then amongst the white rose petals, there are these red rose petals that trigger Feyre because they look like blood. And, and that's she... the one thing she asked for. No, no she red. She said no red. No red. Mm. And... Uh, so she kind of like has a panic attack in the aisle and is like not able to finish walking up a table. It's like, come on. Everyone's talking. Come on, girl. <laughs> it's like, you know, and you're just like that tight smile where you're trying to make sure everyone, nothing awkward's happening. Um, and then uh, Reese is here. Hello, chapter Sarah, four. <laughs> I was, okay, as soon as I read, because you were so excited about us ending at the end of chapter four. And then as soon as I was reading this and I was like, oh, the wedding's happening already. Because I thought they might drag it out and like the engagement going back between like her going back between the night court and spring court. But then I was like, oh, it's happening right now. And I was like, well, obviously he's got a he's got a he's got a wedding crash. He's got a gate crash this wedding. Um, so I was just waiting for Well, he was kind of in, he was kind of invited. To be fair. I mean, all, but I mean, at that moment and making a scene, a spectacle of himself, you don't just stand up in the middle of, it's like walking into someone's wedding late and you're just like, oh, sorry, darlings, I'm here now. She said, please, anyone help me in her head. She said that. In her head? Anyone, please, please help me. All right. That's what Feyre said. Okay. (laughs) Okay. This, the dinner parties. The first thing I want to talk about 
is Tamlin and his bros. He has 500 years of relationships with these people. It seems like he's standing in circles. He's laughing with his friends. Like, like, oh, yeah, I hate this, too. And he's having grand old time. With his, like, old college buddies is what it seems like. And he's just kind of letting her stand to the side with Ianthe. And that is not how you take a partner to a party. You include them in the circle. You include them in the conversation. Yeah. It's rude. He's being so rude. He is. He really is. And I don't love it. Not being his best self. And then these two other boys come over, Bron and Hart. The reason I'm giving them names is because these become the two named sentries. Oh, okay. Like throughout, we, anytime there's sentries that need to be somewhere, it's these guys. Oh, okay. So they're just like your like promoted extras. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. okay, exactly. Okay. They have a few lines here and there, so they got their SAG card award. Yeah. Everything, <laughs> everything's good for Bron right. and Hart. They come over to talk, and they call her Lady Feyre, Savior of Prithian. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And as you said in the summary, they bring up the worm. They bring up Reese. They're being... They're awfully familiar with her right now. They're they're being being awfully familiar. They're inviting her to go hunting with them. They're like, we heard you're a good hunter. Let's go hunting. And she's like, I don't want to do anything with you. I mean, at least they're being like, they're attempting to be friendly. I agree. I, I, they just, they're not, they're not reading the room, maybe. Like, I think I, I can at least appreciate that they're like, not like everyone else is like, favorite curse breaker. Right. And like, they're like, oh, you're so cool. Like, you know, but they also like talk shade on, on Reese. Like he must be running scared. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, do you even know who Reese is? Right. But, you know, it, they're probably just like spring court lackeys in, in the most <laughs> lovely way where they're like, yeah, he's scared of our high lord. <laughs> our, li- our high lord could beat up your high lord. <laughs> he can turn into a beast. <laughs> I think that these two are the people from this event that I would invite to a party. Right. <laughs> I want Bron and Hart in my life <laughs> to explain the coolness that I have. And I, I like that they continue to get named in the series. It's okay. only a couple more times, but I just... You're like, it's those guys. <laughs> oh, right. Look, there they are. They must be best friends. Right. They're yeah. on missions together. Or maybe they're, like, right underneath of Lucian, like, the only other two that didn't get sent to kill, like, get killed. Um, Andros was, like, last, and then it was these two were next, and they're probably like, thank God, yeah. this is awesome. <laughs> Andros brought back... Feyre why aren't they everybody I feel like Andrew should have like a statue or something right he found yeah, the right yeah, yeah. girl he that com- commemoration where's the sort. where's the Andrus Andrus monument yeah honestly that's what they should be that's what Ferris should be working on tributes to the fairies that she's sad or dead you know what that sounds really good like a good idea maybe somebody should suggest that because to her. I was thinking about that recently you know, when I was reading this book, because <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah, like I was remembering, oh, yeah, back in the first book, Andras sacrificed himself. And it's like, and then we have the other ones, you know, one was not happy about dying by fair hand. The other one was like, yeah, do it. Let's let's get this done. And I'm like, mm-hmm. huh, it's an interesting mindset when they're like willing to give up their life in sure. a way that's very like, you're not fighting a battle where you might win. It's like, no, I just know I'm going to get killed, but mm-hmm. it's going to be for this greater cause, which is interesting. So. I think what Feyre doesn't understand about her Flotus position is that she gets to do the goodwill that she wants to do. Fundraise for something. Fundraise. Right. Not the tithe. Just get some money. Yeah. <laughs> Just get some money and build some statues. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, she just decides to go to bed. She's like not having it. You're right. Ianthe redirects. Ianthe does read the room as much as she's a social climber. She is good at it. She's trying. Yeah. She's like, okay, let me. She's trying to help her out. She's not trying to make Farah feel like she's being one-upped. She's like trying to make Farah like her. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Yeah, I agree. So then she goes to bed and we wake up at this wedding. She's got a huge fucking dress on. The way this is described reminds me of the Princess Diana wedding dress. And as much as I love Princess Diana, that dress is massive with the big poofy sleeves and the veil that's 37 feet long. It's interesting because I feel like that's sort of like a trope when someone's like kind of in a marriage situation, maybe in fantasy or other romance where it's like they don't really want or there's something going on they're like it's a poofy monstrosity and i was like i feel like i've heard that exact words before <laughs> of tool and gossamer i of think it says and gossamer yeah and i'm like also like i don't know why that just doesn't seem like their fashion though it like, doesn't they, but it i am like picked like, the dress i feel like they're like let's wear sleek little hmm. robes and yeah, Tamlin didn't like the dress. Alice didn't like the dress. Ianthe picked the dress. Feyre didn't like the dress. Is Ianthe just have bad um, taste, fashion sense because she always wears a priestess robe? Does she not know what a wedding dress should look like? Or is she planning her own fictional wedding in her head and just pushing it off on Feyre? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand this dress thing. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It is kind of a, fic- a fiction trope. I could, say. I could see that. Yeah. They're getting married in the garden. There's 300 chairs. That's a big wedding. Yeah, that's a big it's wedding. not like, you know, like some are like a thousand. Mine was 150. So it's double the size of my okay, wedding. Okay. She, I mean, not, I mean, it's a royal wedding. So you might even expect there to be more. Right. Right. That's true. That's true. Uh, and Alice does say she looks beautiful. You said you have some Ianthe Alice goss. I feel like there's a moment in this chapter where it's like there's a scene where like Ianthe is the one helping her put on the dress and Alice is sort of like sh- shoved to the side. Hmm. Isn't that a scene? That's a yeah, scene that happens. And it seems like, oh, Ianthe is is really elbowing her way in there to be the like confidant, where like Alice is like, hey, I've, I've been straight here. talking queen has been here. Right. That's true. I didn't even read into that in that way, but you're right. She is. She's separating Feyre from any other person she could have talked to. Yeah, and and you know, I think Alice would have been more honest with her and i also think alice maybe it's also ianthe's not respecting her position as much because it's like you know alice is a servant and maybe ianthe's like you're not here to be the confidant you're here to be the servant and it's another way that this whole court thing is restructuring to compared to what it was when they were arrived and Ianthe is the only person there who's privileged enough to have not suffered during the blight, mm-hmm. during Amarantha's reign. So I think that she, I mean, she's operating from a place of privilege yeah. that nobody else in Prithian has right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we have the PTSD. All right. I did, I did write down in my notes, it's like, was this a setup? Was it Ianthe? Was it Reese? Was it who else knows her well enough to know this would be a trigger? Was it Ianthe just being like, like you said, she's just making her dream wedding? And she's like, well, I would want red rose petals. And she disregards that one fact. Whatever it is. 
go there. She sees them. She's already scared to walk out because she it's the largest number of people that have watched her since the third task. She's had right. three months off. Now all these people are going to watch her. She looks at Tamlin and says he's resplendent. He's glowing. Mm-hmm. And then she sees the red petals, which I find this interesting that the high lords have to put a damper on their power to make it not as bright. So they're constantly using magic to rein themselves in. Mm. And then when they let it out, it's like they're like with magic. Right. But she feels filthy. It's sort of like how, you know, like Superman has to be careful when he shakes your hand so he doesn't actually crunch it. it. True. She feels dirty. She's wearing white. She's Mm -hmm. wearing gloves to cover her tattoo. She sees her glowing fiance and the red (laughs) blood on the ground. I imagine this outfit to be like um an an um enchanted her wedding dress <laughs> yeah, the yeah. giant wedding dress i imagine her hair li- up like that like the big that's that's what i see her walking down the aisle yeah it's <laughs> it's a great that's a great picture for me there is so much fan art of this dress and they're all so different which i love so we'll mm-hmm. have to look at that she freezes 10 steps from the end because Feyre mm-hmm. thinks he will be shackled to me. I will n- I'll never get better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 10 steps from the end is far. How many rows back are you? Are you two rows back? Mm. I don't know. Are the people in the front two rows staring at you or is 10 feet a little closer? Are you in front of the people? Oh, I don't think you're in front of all the people. I think you'd probably have more space than a typical like church setup just because this is like a drama wedding mm-hmm. with like a dais and everything. But I think you're still in the aisle like with people around you going. And they're staring at you while you are having a bre- like you can't breathe. Right, right. Having right. a panic attack. Tamlin is probably freaking out mm-hmm. Lucian is probably internally freaking out and Ianthe's going come bride come to the altar and meet your love she's trying to she's the MC trying to fill in the awkward space that is what she's trying to do she's like this is nice and dramatic I and wish I had I wish I had written down the line come bride <laughs> I, I laugh every time oh. I read that part and I say it in my head like a psycho mm-hmm but people start whispering. That's how long she's standing there that people are like, what the fuck is going on? Like, oh, this is going to be runaway bride. Like, what is going on? And she says, no, no, no. Please help me. Please help me. Someone stop this. All this is said in her head. Okay. Thunder cracks. She retreats a step. She, she backs. Well, because Tamlin steps towards her and, and she he backs up. up. She maintains the equidistant space, maintains the distance. And then this reminds me when the thunder cracks and the dark bombs in. This reminds me of the seventh Harry Potter where they get the announcement that the Death Eaters are on their way and everybody starts like um, screaming. (laughs) disappearing Mm -hmm. getting out of there so that the death eaters don't arrest them for being at florum bill's wedding right so he reese wasn't here no yet no no and he like he he apparates if we're gonna go with into the moment yeah we'll have another word for it probably paying attention but i'm sure he knew she was getting married that day right we know that he they can kind of feel each other right through the tattoo tattoo and she is begging for help and he pops up 
he shows up oh. and says, Hello, Farah, darling. Which is a tagline you can get on every tote bag, t-shirt, <laughs> and piece of jewelry from here to planet Mars. But what about this? <laughs> <laughs> um, my daughter got Marjorie a bookmark for Christmas that says... Hamlin, you stupid bitch. <laughs> and I laughed for maybe two minutes straight. And my Allie's partner, my brother-in-law, just was like, what is going on? And I was like... He laughed when he saw there. it because he has read these. Okay, okay. Yeah. He's he's read only the first three. He didn't okay. read after that. I was just like, read the first three just so we can... Talk about it. So we can, like, be friends. <laughs> I don't want to exist in a world where you haven't read Akatar. Right. So... Of course, before he says anything, he straightens his black lapel. Uh-huh, They've mentioned uh-huh, his cute uh-huh. little suit, his black suit he's wearing. And then there's the hello, favorite darling. Oh, it's a moment. He is the moment. He <laughs> is the moment. You can't help him but love him. He I, says I three. Hate, I hate how much I love him. <laughs> he says three words, Marjorie. <laughs> three words in all four chapters. And it's like it makes your... I mean, he's steals the show (laughs) (laughs) sarah (laughs) writes him so well he's written so well reese is a (laughs) he's so good and bad at the same time hello fairy darling Hmm. and that ends our chapter right so do you want to quote i do have a quote go Um, for it i have two you go first it's mostly i really relate to the second half of the sentence the introvert in me I began looking forward to the wedding, just knowing that once it was over, I, would, I wouldn't have to be pleasant or talk to anyone or do anything for a week. That sounds like That's you. Me. <laughs> that sounds like you. I'm looking forward to the party so that it can be over. How does it feel like living with me, Marjorie? Well, you're actually in like the realm of people, like my introvert bubble, where it's like you don't take my energy. Mm, nice. Yeah. I also don't force you to be with me. No, I find it really easy because I can just enter and exit. That also helps. Yeah. You can walk in and walk out and I'll be like, all right, yeah, see you later. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. No, I really like doing this though. I mm. feel like this has improved my winter mental health. Just wow. Good. I'm books with you. I'm glad you like this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I hope everybody else likes Five that. stars. <laughs> Five stars for the Five podcast. Five stars helps my mental health. I hope that's someone's review. It's my review. <laughs> my quotes are. First, earlier, before she walks down the aisle, a fitting end would have been me burning in hell. That is so sad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And thinking that way is very, very dangerous. And if you are thinking that way, you need to find someone to talk to. And the other one is as she is walking down the aisle, as she's about to see these red petals, so many eyes, too many eyes were on me. Witness to every crime I'd committed, every humiliation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's looking at the same people who watched her get tortured for three months, and mm-hmm. now they're there to celebrate. Yeah. That's embarrassing. It's sad. It's like, I don't un- know the emotions. Like, she probably feels like they half pity her, and I hate the feeling of pity. Yeah. I mean, she's ashamed of having to kill people. She's was torn down to her 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 core mentally emotionally physically and now it's like when that happens you're like i just don't want to any meet any of those people ever again and now you have to stand in front of them and that's supposed to be this amazing moment in your life 
It's very sad. Yeah. All right. Is this a strong start? Yes. You like the start of this book? <sighs> Feelings. <laughs> Feelings, speculations, drama. It, it's she got to the re- the wedding so fast and I'm so happy. Right. I like I said I really thought it was going to drag on and that was going to be like the plot, the will the wedding i have mixed feelings about the wedding and they're like no the wedding is here and it is ruined <laughs> chapter four baby and I, it's done i i uh, you know this is the anti-happily ever after right and that's very compelling it is compelling what is going to happen with reese are are him and tamlin gonna have a physical fight is reese gonna be able to Take Feyre? Are they going to bargain a new price on her head? What is going to happen? Um, I think Reese is, you know, Feyre begged for help. He showed up. I think he is going to make a nuisance of himself so that he gets blamed for ruining the wedding, but it gets Feyre out of this moment and the wedding. I think he's going to make himself, like he's very good at doing, he's going to make himself the villain of this spectacle for the benefit of Feyre not having to go through with this. And I think he's about to come in with his deal. Hey, it's time for her to come with me. It's been, I, I've let, I've given her three months past. She's supposed to come with a week to me to night court every month time and they're gonna be like really today and he's like yes baby today, today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pay it up babe yeah. um okay so you're saying she's definitely going to night court is tamlin gonna try to go and steal her back um i feel like tamlin right now because she's, she's gonna come back from night court mm-hmm. i feel like tamlin right now is like this like weird like playing by the rules guy who he's going to very angrily put up with it, hmm. at least for a while. And then it's going to come to a head eventually when it seems like Pharaoh wants to go to the night court more than being in the spring court. Hmm. Okay. When she gets back, are they going to get married? She's there for a week. I think the wedding is going to be delayed. Okay. I think it's not. It's It's... All right. I don't think they're getting married. I don't think Farrah and Tamlin are getting married this book. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Do you think Farrah will get married this book? Do you think Tamlin will get married this book? Will any? That's a good question. Will anybody get married this what book? What a weird question. I would have said no. I, well, that's what you said. I don't think Farrah and Tamlin well, are getting... Well, they're the only one who have a wedding so far. Well, so far. But you said, I don't think Farrah... And Tamlin are getting married this book, implying they might get married in future books. Oh, no. I don't think they're getting so, married like, in any books. Okay. So I was saying, do you think anyone's getting married this book? I mean, in this book, no. Okay. I mean, the series is much too long. Okay. Well, okay. I think because there was originally a trilogy, someone got married next book. Okay. Next but book. Not this book. Not this book. Okay. So, are we ready to rate? Yes, I am. All right. I am giving one red rose petal to Ianthe for being dripping with disgusting privilege. Okay. So this is an either-or situation. I'm either giving five stars to Ianthe for being a good friend or zero stars to Ianthe for being a self-serving, manipulative, fake friend. Hmm. I'm also giving five nights off to Alice for telling Feyre she's beautiful on her wedding day, even though she didn't feel that way. Aw. 
I'm giving five thunder cracks to Reese for a dramatic entrance. Good job. He has to know when to come in. Yeah. So this next set of chapters, each chapter is long. Oh, oh no. Prep time. <laughs> I mean, not super long, but right, just, pre- prep some time. Just prep some time more than usual. Okay. Right. So that everybody knows. And I think this book has a little bit more of that where the chapters are a little bit longer. Okay. So we might even have to, like, if we record and we only go through two, then we'll have to do two the following right, week. Right. We might have if, to yeah. break it up just if it's getting too long. Right. Yeah. We'll have to figure that out. But so Full next attacks. week should be five, six, seven, and eight mm-hmm. in A Court of Mist and fury the most perfect book ever <laughs> written including the bible at me i mean i don't think most people no, i'm not i'm, I'm <laughs> gonna cut off there about mumbling <laughs> all right well we will see you next week we hope you enjoy and uh have fun reading yes goodbye marjorie <laughs> darling You've been listening to a pod of Mass and Methods. We're a sister podcast to Her Story on the Rocks, independently produced by 1986 Entertainment and proudly recorded in Baltimore, Maryland. Join us in the Massiverse by reading along each week. All of our contacts and socials are available on HerStoryOnTheRocks.com. See you next week.